name is Tracy Pike with Taft Graphics Design Studio. So we are at our business networking over coffee event experience, the branding 360 effect. We are actually going to be talking about what you are interested in talking about today. So we've passed out some slips that I'm hoping um, if you guys have them, I can actually have somebody take a look at these and see what we've got about your questions that you might have that you're looking to have answered. You have one over here? Great, all right, you guys have any? Perfect, I love it. You guys are participating, that's great. Let's uh, talk about Steve Dondero. All right, thank you very much. So Steve, you said, turning suspects into prospects into value partners. Ask your question here so that everybody can hear it. Um, well, that was, it's always the challenge. I want to make sure that anybody that I'm bringing to somebody else's business, mm -hmm. that they are truly going to be the correct person. A good fit. Yeah, that if, if I find, I, if I hear buzzwords, I want to make sure that that's not just a suspect, that it's, it's a true good prospect for somebody else that I can share with, that I can bring value to them, so that I can bring a valued partner to help build their business. I love how he talks about, a lot of people talk about prospects, but this is a step back from that, right? You suspect that they might need something, correct? I mean, how many of you in here have suspected that somebody needs a service that you've just been introduced to? You got hands, yeah, lots of hands, yep, exactly. So how do you end up listening for those key things? Like you put your hand up. Um, if, what do you have to listen to to kind of get that comfort level that you will actually do an introduction for someone? Um, does anybody have an idea of what that would look like? Yeah. Uh, start with a question. Start with a question. How's your business doing? Mm -hmm. And most people will say, great, fantastic. Really, tell me about that. You know, what's your first quarter look like? What was last year like? Do you have any underperformers? Any customers you've lost? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, and search for that need. And uh, you know, the truth is five questions deep. Right. And everyone has a need because, it, you know, whether business isn't performing the goals or we want more, there's the gap. Right. Great. Um, I know that uh, with Laura, last time she, this was her first time here, and she works with uh, the Unique Foundation, which helps uh, basically survivors of sexual abuse. And um, I know that I have clients who are working with adult survivors of sexual abuse. And small world, I started asking her some questions and I said, I think I need to introduce you guys. Even though I didn't meet her, I knew somebody who would be a good connection for her and they're meeting this next week, right? And because of this, this client of mine actually went through some of Unique's seminars. Yeah, the retreats. And she's actually built a business around helping adult survivors. And she's in the corporate realm, so she gets a lot of people who have become successful, just like Laura talked about earlier, have become successful, got up, and then all of a sudden, now they're having PTSD, they're having issues you know, in their marriages and other things, because you know, now they're kind of going, oh crap, it's coming back to bite me, that ba basement stuff, right? So the suspect in me, uh, I realized that there was something there so that we could talk about it. Um, yeah, David. Yeah, I would ask the question, how long have they been in business and how committed they are to their business? Is their business just a passing fancy to them? They're trying the next thing before I'm going to give out a lead or give out some of my contacts because my contacts that I've earned are important to me. 
as yours are important to you. And so I want to find out from this person about their business, how committed they are to building that business, and then and, and you develop a sense of trust with them. And you can really find out if, okay, yes, this person has earned a little bit of respect for me and I respect them enough to give them a contact because our contacts are valuable to us. And we don't want to already to be besmirched by giving John Doe our best client and then he, and there's just a, a mess there. So we want to find out about them and find out what they do. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, David and myself have 40 years combined experience in, in this field. And if you guys can make sure your phones are off or turned off so that they don't make a noise, that'd be great. Um, what we found is, and I just lost my train of thought because of that. Um, Contacts with who we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will walk through and see if people actually walk their talk because there are lots of people out there that come in and say, we can do this, we can do that, no, that's great. And then within... I mean, literally a week or two's time after you started talking to them and you introduce them and you're like, where'd they go? What happened? They, all they wanted was that initial, you know, person to lay down some money and maybe they didn't do it. They weren't interested in building a relationship. And many of you know that I'm really big into building relationships. And in this area in Atlanta, and one thing, Kevin, you'll have to learn out here is um, when we first came out here, Silicon Valley is a completely different animal. New York is a completely different animal. You come out here and you better darn well know how to build a relationship because people trust that. They don't trust, you know, they have a threshold that they'll kind of go, yeah, well, who have you worked with? What have you done? What can I see? Can I talk to some of your people? And, you know, in Silicon Valley or New York, they'll be like, I just really got to get this done. I just got to get this done. It's not like that down here. So, um, you know, it's really important that you do that and that you walk that out. And I love your, I love your question. So, you know, suss out what that, sus that suspect uh, piece is, move it into a prospect, connect those people, build a relationship, and then they'll realize that you really do care about them and what they're doing. And then they'll open up their, their address books to you. Um, Laura, uh, so you have here, what's the best way to get your foot in the door to talk to corporations and businesses? Who's the person to target? So does anybody want to try and uh, talk to that piece there <laughs> about target Kevin? Yeah, it depends on what your business is. Well, I would say right here, um, who's the person to target? Well, that's part of the challenge. I bet you Steve has something that he would say to this. Steve, you want to speak to this one? Because I, I have thoughts, but I don't want to be the only one talking. So I would be more than happy because Laura and I have actually already started, started, already started talking about this. Good, and, good. Um, I'm the advocate. Yes. So that's think looking for the right person is finding the advocate that understands the message, understands what you're looking for, and then because if they are now believing it, they'll bring you to the right person. That's my big belief, is try to find the advocate. Right, so, so questions that you ask when you were talking to people, who do you know? I mean, is it, is it more, because like when, when Dave and I are doing business, a lot of times we're looking for the decision makers. Um, because when we're working with micro and small businesses, if we tie into somebody who's an underling who doesn't have the ability to make the decision, like 
take for instance, we've got one person um, right now that we have been looking to do business with. They were really excited about us, but they can't pull the trigger on the project. And that makes it difficult for us because we are serving small businesses, so we have to continue the, you know, to move forward. Um, but you, you should always look at, it's not so much a target, like he's saying, find the advocate. And um, you know, I kind of feel like targeting is like, oh, you're getting an error and you're gonna shoot them. <laughs> you know? And, and uh, what we're really trying to do is build a relationship, you know, find those evangelists that are part of the businesses. It's like um, my client who I introduced to you, Laura, you know, she will be an advocate for you because there are services that she doesn't provide and won't provide that you probably will, and you guys will be great collaborative partners. I call them power partnerships. So, um, anyone you. else? Yeah, Malcolm. Yeah, I would, um, I would think of it, you know, whatever the solution you're offering, it's a problem resolution. Try and imagine, you know, sit in your corner and play games or whatever. Think who in that business has that problem that they're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a, that's a place to start. You know, there are many other things when you get into, uh, into companies, you talk about, you know, is it the right person making the decision? There are, it always used to be you, you could get a, uh, an organizational chart. Those things have gone by the by. So you don't know who makes decisions now. There, there are political alignments and, you know, sometimes somebody is given the problem just to fix it. So I would, uh, you know, create the avatar in, in your head. And uh, if you know your business you, and you've had previous customers, these people will start to look like each other. You know, so you know you, there are um, also, uh, thinking about this part, um, there may be people that you don't think of as somebody who um, has connections. Hairstylists have great connections yes. to people. Yes. HR department, you know, people who do <clears throat> HR services like outsourcing, virtual admins, these people know people that they're working for that they could say, hey, I've got a, you know, a good word for you, um, uh, that they can go to the people and approach them and say, hey, would you mind taking a look at these people? So they may not be people that you typically think about. Um, and, and that's a great way to you know, kind of go, well, who does my end user actually go to and use and talk to them about it? Because they might be able to give you a warm referral that'll walk you right in the door. Yes? Another aspect to look at is your particular service and where it is in the news and being that spokesperson or advocate based on being that problem solution person and finding out who wrote the article or who was in the news story because they can then lead you to the appropriate decision maker. Mm -hmm. So that's one way, but I'm a big LinkedIn person mm -hmm. and I use LinkedIn, what I perceive as the way it was truly meant to be used as a networking tool because I will research people, find people that might be in alignment with what I'm doing and reach out to them and they'll be quick to do the LinkedIn connection. I don't do just the regular connect. I actually send a little message because I will see in their profile what might be in alignment with what I'm doing. So there's a reason for me connecting to them and not just a number on my LinkedIn right. chart. And so when you have that relationship and you start to build that relationship, that gives that no like and trust factor as well. 
the key thing to do is to show why you are connecting to that person and giving a reason behind it because people like to just have a big number next to their name, but they don't know anyone that they're connected to. I know 90% of the people that I'm connected to, so I try to develop those relationships, and that's where, again, you get the referrals. Right, and see, there again, Laura, that would be a good connection for you because she understands LinkedIn is basically for business people and there are a lot of corporate style people in there and if you look at that LinkedIn profile that way with the eyes to look for people who are interested in uplifting women, you know, issues that have happened, you know, maybe there's Me Too organizations or other things that are going on that you can tap into that knowledge that she's got and build a collaborative way of doing that. So that's really great. Susan, we're gonna talk about yours. So she is a brand new business. We've all been brand new businesses. How many of you have been brand new businesses? <laughs> okay, so she put getting started. That is her question. What topic would she like some advice on? So getting started. Um, I'm a really good example of getting started. Uh, I had two lovely little babies. Uh, one was still on my hip when I started my design studio. Never worked for an uh, uh, advertising agency. I've been drawing since I was seven years old. I didn't want to go get a job outside the home because I had these beautiful kids and I wanted to work with them. So I decided to start my business with no knowledge whatsoever of what I needed to do. And what I did was I started doing research I associated myself with people who knew more than I did and that I could stay in front of my clients just enough that I'd learn enough, I'd learn, I'd learn, and now 15 years later, you know, I have a, a design studio that does six figures that takes care of five people that we are continuously growing and we've worked with people like KFC. You know, we've done internal documents, we've done stuff for people with, you know, fast signs and speed, what, what was that one, the Speed Pro? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pro, we did car wraps and things like that. Right, I mean, we've done everything, the gamut of everything. And, um, but it's only because we continue to um, learn and challenge ourselves and associate ourselves with the cream of the crop. Uh, we joined an international business group that allowed us access to people that we couldn't get access to on the local level and that were willing to collaborate and cooperate with us. So getting started for me meant that I was always in the back end of the book, researching, doing the advanced stuff, talking to people, asking them, and letting them know, look, we're in this together, you know? And that's what you tell people. I mean, I used to say, look, I've been drawing since I was seven, I've been in business for a year and a half. I've been drawing since I was seven, I've been, you know, th these kind of things. I built my credibility, and with integrity and accountability, I would walk forward and people would see that I walked my talk. I wasn't just a bunch of talk. So, um, for, from my perspective, getting started uh, has to be, you know, a sheer will uh, to actually go out there and have faith because as anybody knows in here, small business has its ups and downs. And if this is your sole income and you don't have any other income coming in, realize that there are going to be times when you're up and you've got cash, store it away. When you get down to the bottom, you need to have something to tap into, and that's one of the biggest things that I had to learn um, is that aspect, um, so that it wouldn't become a roller coaster, it would become more straight line like this. 
So um, anybody else have some comments about getting started? Yeah, I would say um, manage your time, write it down, block out your time that you have to work on your business and things that you're doing, whether you have, if you have a family or anything like that, block out those certain aspects of your life so you can put the effort in so things don't get lost. Also, be budget conscious. Do I need to spend this money today or can that wait a week? What is it that I need now today in my business, not three months from now, I know what I want three months from now, but what can I do today, tomorrow, this week, what's the one thing I can do to make things happen to move the ball forward? This brings up a really good point. I call it um, my, uh, like a three-legged stool or a credibility triangle for businesses. Um, I created this credibility triangle uh, because as I started talking to small micro businesses, I found they were throwing spaghetti platters at the wall and just seeing what was sticking and they were wasting money like crazy. And what I found was if they focused on their brand and how they are present themselves, like it looks like they've got some skin in the game, uh, you know, logo, their business cards, whatever. And then they had some sort of leave behind piece that would build some curiosity, anticipation, reward for their clients. And then they had a website in place, you know, that somebody could not have that referral piece in hand, but they could go, go up to this website and see what these people do. If you had those three, three things in place, you could start generating money and start scaling to revenue. And then after that, you could start doing the little booths and the conferences, or you could start showing up and doing an advertisement. But people who tried to do the promotional pens and, you know, on, in our level, because of the design studio, we would see people spend a lot of money and go, but it's not bringing in any business. I mean, we spent all this money to have all this stuff and it's not bringing in any business. Um, referrals, uh, you know, coming out to these kind of meetings, which I'm not sure there's a lot of them. There are ones that you can pay for, uh, that you can go and meet with the same people. We always have probably about half of the people in here are brand new, always. And I love that about this because you guys can make connections. But as you can see, I know people because they come back and then they don't show up for a little bit and then they come back and they get business done in between these meetings. So make sure you're doing some organic networking. Make sure that you're uh, putting that, those, that three-legged stool or credibility triangle into uh, position because you know somebody like Wendy, once she knows who you are and what you do, you know she's got people going, oh, man, this arm is really um, uh, sore because number one, something's going on emotionally and she can get them out of pain, but they may be in need of a CFO person. You know, they may be in need of somebody to tell them, hey, this is how my business has to, has to work and I need help. And she'll know to contact you um, and, and connect you because that's the building relationship part. Anybody else? Okay, let's go to Malcolm. Your opinion. Top three social media platform for startups and why it becomes a time thief for many. <laughs> I love the fact that you picked the number three. Um, guys, tell me, who are the top three social media platforms for startups that you should be on? LinkedIn. 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 Yep. Not that I'm an expert. I know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Okay. Who else? Anybody else? Okay. 
Um, so I think Facebook um, has become something where people um, utilize it to get in fights on. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, um, Facebook has a lot of uh, fabulous tools that people don't use, like lists. I don't get in fights with anybody. I am, I am immensely, I have my own opinions, but I have lists, and those people who believe like I do are on a certain list, and the people that aren't, I don't offend. So I have the ability to have my own thoughts, but I get a lot of referrals through Facebook. Um, I use Messenger quite readily, because there are people, I have um, a bicoastal network of people. I've lived on, in California for 40 plus years, I've lived out here. My husband's been on the East Coast for, you know, most of his life. And um, we have a lot of people in between. And so we use Facebook to keep in touch with people, clients, uh, uh, friends of ours who have referrals for us. And we utilize that very well. Um, but you have to use it for what it is. Instagram, uh, pictures, you know, they have advertising, different things that you can do, um, stories that you can do. Uh, it's not, it can be a big, huge waste of time if you don't know how to manage it. I don't um, do advertising. I use it more as an organic means. You have to have something out there that shows your credibility and that you're out there and doing stuff. I mean, I've had people go to social media and they're like, well, they haven't posted in a year and a half. And they're like, well, how committed are they to their business if they're not posting, you know? I don't have a ton of followers, but I post every so often. I'll put a podcast up, you know. I actually have found that doing, um, I use this tool that I'm using right now. It's called Anchor.fm. It's a free uh, podcasting service, unlimited hosting. They get you on five, six, seven different um, uh, podcast uh, platforms. And you can act, I mean, I'm on Spotify, I, I haven't had to pay $3,000 to have somebody do it, set up a blog for me and do all of that. But people can see that, oh, wow, she's on Spotify. How'd she do that? You know, there are things that you can do um, to, to help yourself with that. So, um, Crazy, yep. That. Remember, you're out there and you're posting all the time, and it doesn't look like you're getting any traction. Thousands of people are looking at you, they're, they're seeing what's going on. Just be consistent and be regular so they can count on it. Because if you're on Instagram or Pinterest or something like that, and then you say one thing, all of a sudden you get six or 700 people clicking, they're watching. They're knowing what's going on. Just There's a lot of stalkers. I call them stalkers. <laughs> they don't interact. They just watch. Just keep doing it. Yes. Get his car fixed and pay for it. Good dad, all right. But, but while we were at lunch, um, we started talking about this Instagram thing or whatever. And um, he is one of the, the younger guys um, that understands online marketing. And he, he, he explained to me in simple terms how he builds a following and how um, he connects with people with similar interests, likes them, says certain things. And it's, it's not sort of you draw people into the conversation, but you, you filter and they filter to find where common interests are. And um, I, I see so many of the, the, the social media platforms and they, they, they're just like, it, it, people are dangling bait out there. 
What is your favourite thing to have on a burger? Like, give uh-huh. it a go. I'm running a business. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, we, we've seen um, quite a few uh, people that have, I mean, millions and millions of followers, and yet they um, put out the stupidest content mm-hmm. you've ever seen. And they have all of these, because people want to be, quote, entertained, right? Um, they're many of the big groups of people, I mean, and you probably see it in your holdings company, they have these huge followings of people and they're there, they can get to people's like support and content and that kind of thing really easily, but a lot of times it's just putting it out there in front of people so they, it's top of mind, they see them. Yep. If I could just add the one bit that uh, Stephanie said, understanding your audience, if you are older like myself, go hang around with some young people, ask them how they use the tools, if those are, are targets for your business. Great, okay. good point. Okay, now the last three, Kevin, Tricia, and Mark, all talk, talk about um, prospects, website, marketing, um, need exposure, leads, those kind of things, and um, generating, generating those leads. So um, I would say that when you're talking about building a relationship with somebody, it's like ripple effects. Um, everything that you do should have the greatest magnitude of ripple effect. So if you're going into your uh, website and what you're doing, you can look at it and say, is my website all about me or is it about my end user? If it's not about your end user, you're not gonna have ripple effects. If it's not about your end user, you're not gonna build relationships. If it's not about your end user, you're not going to connect the anticipation, reward, and uncertainty that you need to get those people to talk to you. So when you're doing your interior design, they've gotta have a problem that you need to solve. And you've gotta be the person they think of when they do that. And if you haven't created that uncertainty, if you haven't done um, it created the reward or the anticipation of them wanting that, then it's never going to work, right? I mean, I, I would say that that's really, really important. You work with business people, right? I mean, there's a sense of anticipation that people get, like, uh, let me just put it this way. Business owners, when they first start out, first starting, right, <laughs> Susan, um, they will, I call it sliming or vomiting all over the client because they're so excited about what they have and they've got this brand new offering and they want to do it and blah, 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 blah. But they haven't sussed out what it is that that end user really wants. Um, as soon as you give them the how and what, they're going to go, oh, well, I don't really need that because small business owners have a budget. If they don't go, you know what? She knows something that I don't. He knows something that I don't. I really need this to move forward, they're gonna walk away. I see people do it all the time. They're like, well, this is how we do it, and this is what we do, and this is, well, you've just told them how and what you do, so they're gonna take that knowledge for free, and they're gonna go do it on their own. So you have to, I I would say, if you're wanting to build leads, if you're wanting to market yourself, put the end user, stick a big thing, it's about the end user, I need to create anticipation, reward, and uncertainty. If you do that, then people will start coming towards you. And lastly, I want to say is find somebody who's actually done it. All these people talk about, well, we've got these followers, and we've done it. Well, have you really done it? 
find some, the experts in the industry out there and how they've done it and that they've actually had the results. It's having a mentor, having someone who's, who's accomplished those goals. Saddle up next to them. They'll be happy to tell you. They really will. And then, because that will give you the right path to go on. Because early in this whole digital marketing thing, it's been a challenge to find somebody who's actually really gotten people, really built up something. And through due diligence, we found people who've actually done it. And I would suggest to you, go find somebody who's done it. I mean, you'll find people that say, hey, for $3,500, we can do this. Or for this amount of money, we can do that. And and you haven't And you haven't gotten one lead. I mean, that's why I've told a lot of my micro and small business owners organic networking is the best because you build relationships. It all comes back to relationships. So, um, you know, as you start growing, you start having uh, budgets to to put towards marketing and that kind of thing. I would say also in regards to that conversation, um, take 15% of your profits and put it away for marketing. If you guys are really serious about doing lead generation and that kind of thing, the number is about 15%. It's like 10 to 15%. Real estate agents are like 25% um, because they have a lot of upfront costs. But if you go into it with the thought process that, you know what, okay, you, you've now got, say you get $100, you're going to put 10% of that money away and just stick it aside for marketing and don't spend it. Just put it aside. Because you're going to have to pay for dues. You're going to have to you know, do some networking at chamber events. You're going to have to have a booth. You're going to have to do things like that. And if you don't put money away, I had a 30-year business owner say, well, if I have the cash flow, I go ahead and do it. I'm like, you don't have a marketing budget? You've been in business 30 years. I was floored when I found that out. And you know, they're a training company. And they've, they've trained people in the Atlanta area for years. But... They just didn't know. They were, they started and they just didn't realize it. Uh, So I would say um, from everything that we've learned today, a lot of us have really good ideas, network, mingle with each other. We have these every two weeks. Come back, make sure, you know, in Meetup, you actually have the ability to message the people. One of the reasons why I ask people to put their, their picture on their profile is because many times they'll forget the name, but they'll see the picture and go, oh, I remember that person. I want to talk to them. Use the messages to set up an appointment. You know, make an appointment today to sit down with people. And uh, just know um, we're here for you, and we want to help you scale the revenue, and we want to be a continual source of inspiration for small businesses to keep going and and to keep doing it despite the ups and downs, the little roller coaster ride. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming. We'll see you again in two weeks. Give yourselves a hand.